Hello and welcome back to the podcast today. Um, this is going to be slightly different because I am not the host. Um, I actually have my co-pilot here, Mary. Hello, Mary. Hi. I'm so excited to be here today. So good to have you. And give us a 60 second intro about what you do inside the inner circle if nobody knows. Oh, so I do everything from, you know, looking after the clients, onboarding, I do all of your audit calls and yeah, just help you kind of wherever you need support. And um, yeah, Kerry and I have been working together for almost three years now. So I feel like we've been on such a journey and yeah, I'm really honoured to be here asking you these questions today. I'm a little bit nervous, Mary, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> they are good questions, but don't worry, I've gone, haven't gone too hard on you. Okay. Lovely. So I'd love to take it back to the beginning of your journey. So for those that don't know you, you know, before you started your bridal hair and makeup journey, you were actually in sales and marketing working for a couple of big, big companies. So yeah, I'd love to know more about that. And yeah, how you started. Oh, that's such a good question. I don't want to give everyone my life story, but that's a really good question because, yeah, I did definitely did not start out as a bridal hair and makeup artist, um, contrary to what people believe. And I know a lot of people do come off makeup counters and come off of, you know, hair courses and things like that. But I really didn't. I, I was working very hard. So I worked for a couple of blue chip companies, um, ones that people might know of. So Avon Cosmetics, that was my last blue chip company. Um, you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, she used to knock on the doors and deliver the brochures. Let me tell you, no, I didn't. <laughs> so I was actually an employed um, member of the Avon crew. So um, I was area sales manager and I also worked in the skincare division in Northampton. Um, and my job was to increase revenue from sales teams. So um, you obviously had the ladies out there that would deliver the brochures and then you'd have sales leaders. So it's quite M&M, like, you know, multi-layered marketing. And my job would be to go out there and actually present to, you know, often hundreds of women about how they can grow their network and how they can grow their income through the business. So, yeah, that was my job for about three years. Um, prior to that, I worked for Yellow Pages. So Yellow Pages, everyone in the whole entire world must know who Yellow Pages are. Um, and listen, we're going back well over a decade like 17 18 years so you know what it is today was is very different from what it was back then you know it was the go-to directory for businesses and you know there was um a lot of times where people if they accidentally didn't renew their advert they would lose like a quarter of a million half a million million pounds you know worth of business because it was that you know it was such a prevalent piece of their business to be um, listed with them so my job was uh, an account manager so I would go out and I would be in charge of what they call charge out which is all the accounts and my job was to increase the revenue there so that was going in either in you know giving them an opportunity to get more of an online presence through yale.com or grow their advertising and coming up with some of the marketing and the slogans that they had in their adverts. And I would be out, you know, till sometimes 10 o'clock at night in a builder's house or maybe in, you know, somebody that's like a restaurant and a very busy restaurant. And I'm in the back of the kitchen talking to them. So, you know, I was really on the ground. Um, and I loved it, to be honest. You know, lots of people think that sounds like hell. But for me back then, I really, really loved it. And, 
this just goes to show, you know, that I am pretty much sales through and through, Mary. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. And that's so different to being, you know, a hair and makeup artist. Like, how did you even get into that if you were so in this, like, sales and marketing world? Yeah, so when I first left school, I mean, when you're at school, you're asked, what do you want to do for work experience? And I was... I was absolutely adamant that I was going to be a hairdresser in life. Like I was the person in the school playground, like trying to cut my friend's fringes or shave my brother's hair. Like I was just convinced of that. So when I left school, I did do an apprenticeship and I did do hairdressing for a couple of years. And then what I found was uh, quite quickly, actually, you know, that £65 a week, once I've done my bus fare and I paid a bit of board and I tried to go out with my friends, it was just not enough money. I was like, I can't live on this. And my background was very humble. We did not have money. And I just wanted to start. I desperately wanted nice clothes. I desperately wanted a better life for myself. And I just thought, how can I do that? And at that time, we're talking about sort of mid to late 90s. Yes, I'm really old um and it was now the era of digital so lots of people were going into the internet world lots of people were going into administration and sales and marketing and so I just went straight into the world of office from there um but uh you are right how did that transpire into hair and makeup so I've been obviously in sales and marketing for well over a decade um, out on the road uh, living in and out of suitcases or maybe I was just um you know lucky enough to sometimes have desktop um, and then I met my partner and then I became pregnant. So um, that was when I thought to myself, what am I going to do? So um, I applied for part time hours uh, in the business I was in. It was in Avon. You'd have thought that a business that had a 99 percent female um workforce would support a woman that wanted to go down to part time hours. Right. You would. They refused it. And so I had to have a plan B. And at the time, I went to a professional beauty show with a friend who was a nail tech and she did, you know, I don't know, hair extensions, all sorts of things. And there I was, I was looking around and I just came across a stand and they were doing makeup. And and I just thought, oh, she was like, you'd probably be really good at that. You're good at doing your own makeup. I was like, yeah, but that's different. And she was like, no, try it. And so I did a course and I just thought, oh, I don't know, let's see how it goes. You never know, do you, Mary? What could ever come out of that? And, you know, a decade later, running a whole bridal hair and makeup agency, how does that work? It's, it just grows, you know. You know, if, if you're entrepreneurial or if you're business through and through in your blood, then, of course, it's just going to snowball. And that's what it did. That's amazing. And so you started CMA and obviously it was just you at the time. You have some very incredible stories about how you made yourself stand out in the industry that you share with the inner circle. Would you mind sharing one of these little nuggets of how you made yourself stand out? Because I do feel like from the sales and marketing, I feel like that, that you know, helped you. Yeah. And that's such a good question. You know, I have answered this before on other podcasts. However, when I even look into our IC today and I see someone posting something about, you know, being told that they were too expensive and they've gone with someone else and how they respond to that. And instinctively, I know that, that you know, that that person right now doesn't have a website or maybe she doesn't have the market positioning, that authority piece. She hasn't built up that network with the venues and, you know, and suppliers yet. So um, it's very much, uh, and this is all in dream bride attraction secrets. Like you, 
that causes epic. You know, if you want to know why people are prized by you and why you are last in line, like in the school, right, when you were not picked for the hockey team, it's pretty much similar. Um, a lot of it has to do with your market positioning and also your ability uh, to network, you know. And um, I've, I shared this on another podcast. So I'll share it on my own because, you know, not everyone listens to everyone else's podcast. Um, but I did create a networking space for other wedding suppliers. Fortunately, in our area, there was another one that had not got off the ground, should we say, um, that I joined and realised that they hadn't made much of an effort with it. They were all busy on weddings and I wasn't at the time. So I um, I created my own. That's amazing. I love I love that story. And um, CMA grew into an incredibly successful agency. What do you feel like was one of the biggest factors to your success as an agency owner? I think it was busting through all the obstacles. There was a lot of times when I used to sit back and I can even think of my competitors now and I would almost hear their voices in my head like, you're not better than me, who do you think you are? Um, you know, and actually I would almost visualise my growth and then feel them going, who is she? Like, and bad-mouthing me in the industry. And I had to literally switch off that monkey monkey mindset, just telling me not to grow, not to grow. Um, and I think that because I was so driven to create something that, to, you know, I wanted to be proud of, I had to just do the inner work to to dial that down. And I know even now with my own clients that they are very conscious of the people that are around them and surround them and work with them and collab with them on weddings, that they just don't want to make them feel like they're growing and they're not because it gets uncomfortable and people don't always like, it's a social thing. There's actually a lot more to this. It's a psychologist thing. You know, people want you to stay on the same status as them. They don't want you to necessarily grow. They want you to feel and think and see all the things that they do. And unfortunately, you know, for me, I, I just knew that I was meant for more. So I just kept pushing at every stage, you know, through. And when I could see where it was going, that was great because I could just get that hot air balloon and just keep going up and up and up. But you have, I tell you what, the first few years, that was the hardest because you are, it's so raw getting people to hear hear you and find out who you are. And I had a lot of door slams in my faces. I, you know, I had a lot of makeup artists that just did not like me, um, you know, and that was painful because I'd done nothing wrong. But, you know, this is life, you know, and I can't tick the box of everybody. Um, but you're just talking to someone that never gave up. Yeah. No, that's, that's amazing. And it, this brings me to my next question, which is you're an incredible businesswoman, wife, mother. You're so hardworking and so ambitious. Do you have any tips for how you manage everything and, you know, how you were able to to do, you know, do all of that? Yeah. And, and a lot of people think to themselves, how on earth does Kerry Curl hold energy for so many driven, ambitious women that are hungry and ask questions constantly and are so, you know, willing to put in the hard work, you know, so that's one avenue of my life, you know, and as we all know, we spend more time at work than we do in most things. Um, and at the other end of the scale, I've got a very, very um, difficult, you know, home life. I've got uh, children with one with 
paraplegia, complete complex needs. The other one with uh, you know a lot more mental health needs. Um, of course, a home to run. Um, I run a very tight ship. I think if I'm being very honest, the roles that I was in where I had to uh, look after so many other people um, allowed me to plan and just map out what is coming. I mean, you know me now, Mary. We have the inner circle events nailed to the end of the year, you know. Yeah. And sometimes we tweak things along the way, but I am a planner. So that there's no nasty shocks. I don't wake up and go, oh, my God, I've got all these responsibilities. I can't cope. It's just that's not me. Like there are times when I have pain in my life because, you know, I'm looking at my son and he's struggling from day to day. Or, you know, maybe someone inside the inner circle's had a bad day, you know, or or something else has happened. Um, But. You know, it's I, I, st- I still say this to this day. If what you can hold in your personal life, you can hold in your professional life. And so had I not been dealt such a difficult hand mm. um, in my life in general, I don't believe that I would be able to hold quite as much as I do outside of that. So it's definitely being a planner. It's definitely being organized. It's definitely um, stretching my context. You know, if I can't handle this now, I'm never going to be able to handle it at six figures, you know, multi six figures. I was never, hell, I was never going to hold it at five figures. So do you see what I mean? It's yeah. having coaches as well, helping me grow and taking the time to show me how I can expand my mind, expand my money mindset and hold more really, which is what I'm teaching everyone else, I think. Thank you for sharing. And I'd love to know what is one piece of advice that you would give to someone starting out that you wish someone would have told you? Um, That you, well, this is different now. Okay. So when I first started out, we didn't have Instagram. We didn't, we barely had Facebook. Like it was all just starting out. So my competition at the time felt I felt that the heavy hitters were there, but I would only look at a handful of people. The problem you have now is you look online, you follow so many other people, hair and makeup artists, you feel like you are swamped. Like you can trip, you feel like you walk down the road and you trip over another freaking hair and makeup artist. That is very hard to stand out. Um, One thing I would say is just making sure that you're switching off the notifications of people that, you know, are killing it if you're not killing it because it's really important that you switch off the noise um i would definitely have called in a mentor much sooner or brought a business course much sooner like i spend so much time spending money on products that were just sitting there in a kit that was barely being used and there was a huge graveyard in my salon, <laughs> even now, of all the things I never even use. And if I think that one foundation or that one blusher cost me like 30, 40 pounds, when I could have brought a course of my shop that was 30, 40 pounds, like low ticket, it is no brainer now because, you know, without business, without sales and marketing, you cannot grow. Yet you think this, my perception at the time was buy more products, more people will love what I'm posting. And no, that's not how it works. So you have to acquire more business skills to grow. And that's what I would do different today. Yeah, that's amazing. And my last question is, what are the plans for Kerry Curl Coaching for the next six or 12 months? Can we have like a little sneak peek of what's to come? 
well you know me I'm a planner so (laughs) it's not it's not too in the distant future but we definitely want to have some um, some in-person events um I have been talks with other people and of course I've thought about my own in-person events but obviously my business started in lockdown so we never so two years of my business was spent behind a computer screen because that's how we rolled um and then obviously almost a year you know I've spent with my son that had a very nasty condition so um I've not actually been let loose in the public yet so as soon as we have some um in-person dates and events then in the UK you will be able to come and find me for real and find out who the real Kerry Curl is so that's definitely on the cards um we have some amazing courses coming up. Uh, we have one coming up in January called Six Steps to Six Figures. It's meaty. It's a signature course. Anyone inside the inner circle that has signed up for 12 months, you will just get access to that. I think, you know, you will um, hopefully see what I see in you when I watch all your, you know, all my clients grow or any of my um, old team or anyone at all just more leveling up like I'm not going backwards in life I know I'm, I'm I always say this I dress for the way up I dress for the one of way I want to be paid and I will consistently be um you know growing and scaling this so just watch this space oh I am so excited I cannot wait for an in-person event oh my god that's gonna be amazing so yes those are my questions and thank you so much for answering those I um that was so great to hear all of your um stories and all of your nuggets so yeah that was amazing you're so very welcome it was great to be interviewed no one's actually interviewed me properly <laughs> like this so that that was great um especially on my own <laughs> on yeah. my own channel um and Mary I just want to say massive thank you to you for all your help with all our community like everybody Aww. loves marry as well and I definitely I just want to say this to everyone you know the women that have everything they do not do everything and another thing I would add to that question about what would I do different I would definitely have got um somebody in to help me much sooner so um Mary uh, came into my business, into my world, and le- definitely is not one that I want to have run away fast. Oh. So find your person, find someone that can help you. Um, but yeah, thank you, Mary. It's been amazing. Thank you.